You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues faced by women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world. So welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you guys this week, as I am every week, actually. Um, I don't know. This morning, I woke up feeling just positive. I don't know if it's because the sun is shining today in New York City, and maybe that's why I'm just feeling all these positive vibes. But I just I woke up on the right side of the bed today. And so I'm hoping that this energy (laughs) carries out throughout the rest of the day. Um, But it's Wednesday, you know, it's hump day. We're almost to the weekend. And although my week, I don't know, it started off a little interesting, um, to say the least. Well, I guess I'll get into it since I'm, I'm like insinuating all these things. My week started out interesting because, again, you know, the mother of a seventh year old boy in New York City public schools. I feel like there's always something going on. And so, unfortunately, my child had gotten into some kind of trouble the Friday before. And so the school called me on Monday morning, like bright and early, to tell me that they were going to issue my son like a two-day suspension. And I am an individual who's fair. Like, I am across the board fair. You could be my kid. I don't care If you did something to warrant the punishment or the discipline, then that's what's going to happen. However, this time, this time, I felt like the school was very egregious in issuing this uh, two-day suspension, particularly because my son was not the only one involved in this, what I call, lunchroom melee, lunchroom horseplay Kids were throwing around orange peels, it looks like, and my kid's a little sensitive. He was involved in it too, but then some point, some kid threw a orange peel that landed into his food. He, he was still hungry. Next thing you know, my son, you know, apparently, you know, throws back this like tangerine or whatever that ended up hitting this kid. So it became like this whole big thing. But when the school singled out my kid to issue him this two-day suspension they came at me like well you know your kid's been acting up has been doing this been doing that and I had to kind of put on the lawyer hat at that point because what I realized with a lot of these schools um, especially schools that are run primarily by white people when you are a black and brown person parent These schools tend to, they just feel like they can just tell you whatever they want to tell you and you can just accept it because I guess they just feel like black and brown people don't know their rights and don't exercise their rights and kind of just roll over. And so they kind of get away with doing whatever they want to do. But for me, you know, I'm an advocate by trade, by profession. And so the advocacy doesn't just stop in the office place. I take it home with me when need be. And so it was really interesting. It's been a while since I really had to kind of go in on school administration, but I actually felt good after I did it because it just reminded me that, you know, 
I I am a good parent. You know, I can stand up for my child when need be. Um, and that I'm I'm actually kind of on top of this. Sometimes I feel like I'm not, but I really felt that the school they might not have wanted to hear me, but they had no choice but to hear me. And I let them know that I am not the one to play with. And pretty much at the end of my conversation, this quote unquote suspension just turned into an in-school detention. Um, so definitely a major win, but it was just very interesting how they were even trying to be slick with all of that. But either way, I say all that to say this, my week started off with, you know, this type of drama, but I would say now reflecting back on it, although it was drama, um, I feel like it probably gave me this extra boost that, wow, you know, I am an advocate. You know, I am pretty good at what I do. And maybe that's why I feel like so positive today. I just feel like after that point, I've just felt I've been on this kind of like high, like, you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm good at what I do. Like I felt like my advocacy for my son kind of just reminded me that me as an advocate in general, um, like I actually am pretty good. So I don't know. That was my that was my week so far. I'm hoping that there are no more dramatic um, episodes for the rest of the week. I don't have the energy to litigate outside of my out of my job. I don't want to litigate at home um, or outside of the hours of nine and six. So I'm hoping for a very smooth and calm rest of the week. But either way. Before we get into the meat of the show, I do want to shout out my friends and family members who answered the call. You know, every week I tell you guys or I ask you guys to please email me, text me, share with me your thoughts. What do you want me to talk about? What are some workplace issues that have popped up that you feel like you would like Rita Pierre to expand on or to talk about. And some of you guys did that this week. And I'm really happy about it because some of these topics, I'm like, ooh, these are very interesting topics. And so in the next couple of weeks, I will be discussing some of these um, topics that you guys sent to me in my inbox and in person. Because over the weekend, um, I was with um, a friend who, you know, gave me this great idea. And I was like, you be knowing. So shout out to you guys who who actually have been <laughs> responsive to my calls for, you know, show topics and, and, and whatnot. So today we're going to be talking about our inner critic. So we're going to be talking about how to silence your inner critic. And so I know there's been a couple of episodes in the past that have kind of talked or touched upon this particular topic, but I feel like it's becoming more and more important to talk about this more, especially as I feel like we're entering this new season, not just the season of spring, but I just feel like we are embarking on just a new, I don't know, like I feel like there's this new adventure awaiting us. There is this breakthrough. I think that's the best word. There's this breakthrough that I feel like is about to happen for a lot of us, if not all of us. And it's something I've been feeling in my bones for quite some time now. And I can't say that it's going to happen next month or June, but I feel like 2019, like something is going to shift and it's going to shift in a positive direction. And so that's kind of what I'm feeling. But with all of this positivity, you know, 
we are our worst critics and we are the ones who are the harshest on ourselves. And a lot of times we engage in this negative self-talk that, you know, in a sense, I feel like we end up, um, you know, I don't know. what, What am I trying to say? We end up bringing on these negative things and these bad instances just from our words. So there's power in the tongue. I know many of you have heard that phrase before, but I truly believe that a lot of times some of the things that happen to us, it's like we're summoning these things to happen because we keep talking about it and we keep, you know, we keep bringing it on ourselves. We keep predicting these negative outcomes. And at some point, you know, this negativity becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. And I know the reason I I feel like this important for me to talk about is because I do the same thing. You know, I'm really trying to get on this journey of mindfulness and being more positive and speaking, you know, positive things into existence. But it really gets hard and it really gets difficult, especially, 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 (laughs) especially when you have been conditioned to, you know, be this way. And what I mean by that is, you know, our parents, we love them. Or at least at least I hope that all most of us love our parents, but you know, our parents, caretakers, guardians, you know, we we have a special place in our hearts for the people that raised us. Um we have a special place in our hearts for the institutions of education, you know, our elementary schools, our middle schools, our high schools. We have we hopefully have some sort of place for them in our hearts. Um, However, I find that a lot of our, I I guess a lot of this negative talk, this self-criticism that we engage in stems from our childhood and the people who had a hand in rearing us. So the teachers and the parents and whatnot. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'm Haitian American and a lot of times our parents are not the kindest when it comes to how they interact with us. Um, I have been called stupid on many occasions. I have been called a male goat. I don't, you know, Haitians have the most interesting ways of, of reprimanding and degrading their children sometimes. I love being Haitian, but I mean, we got, I got to speak the truth at the end of the day. And I have been called some very interesting things. And I feel like I've carried that with me in the way that I think about myself. Like how many times have you guys made a mistake or done something? And the first thing you say is I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. It's like, why is that the first thing that comes to our mind? Why is that negativity what we put on ourselves? I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. I can't get anything right. Where did that come from? It had to come from somewhere, right? And I find that there have been several of us who've been the victim of teachers being negative with us. I can tell you, I have several friends who can say that they had teachers that told them that they would never amount to anything, that they would never become a doctor. They would never become a lawyer. They would never become anything more than a waitress or whatever the case is. And I remember when I was in high school and I wanted to apply to all of these big schools, I had a counselor who dead ass told me, why don't you just apply to community college? Like, why are you trying to apply to all of these other, all of these schools? For me, You know, the other thing about being Haitian American is that our parents, although they 
although they, you know, are not the nicest, are although they're they are not the kindest sometimes, um, they definitely believe in education and they definitely instill in you this like sense of you listen, you're not gonna let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. You're gonna do whatever it is that you need to do, prove people wrong, which is very ironic, right? Because they're in one breath, they're telling you that you're stupid. In the next breath, they're telling you, you can do whatever you want. You can reach for the stars. Very, very, very conflicting childhood, I will say, that I had. But either way. But yeah, many of us have been victims of guidance counselors and teachers telling us that we're not going to accomplish things and we're not as great as we think we are. And so we've taken these experiences and I believe that we've internalized these experiences. And in a sense, we've adopted that vocabulary from childhood and we've incorporated it into our lives to the point where, you know, we use it against ourselves. So that same vocabulary that we've adopted, we are now, we are now using it as a self-destructive tool in a sense. And Listen, I mean, we all engage at some point in some sort of like conversation with ourselves, right? So criticism for me, I I truly believe that there is a level of criticism that is important for one to have. I mean, we're not all perfect and we can't all be walking around these streets thinking that we're, you know, above everything and that we have no faults and that we're okay and that everything is great. I do believe to a degree that self-criticism is important, but I think that, again, it's to a degree. It's what exactly are we saying? What is What does the self-criticism consist of? If you're anything like me, you might have conversations with yourself several times a day. I feel like at least once every 30 minutes, I am having a thought that forces me to like ask myself a question or I'm having these conversations and analyzing things to myself. You know, you're rationalizing something to yourself, trying to figure things out. So I I actually engage in this I engage in the talking to myself type thing. Now, I know sometimes people say that if you answer yourself, that's when you're crazy. But I feel like sometimes we we have to answer ourselves. You guys know the difference between talking to yourself and talking to yourself with quotation marks. Um, it's perfectly normal to, to do that. You know, you're not crazy if you engage in this. It's normal. Um, but again, it's, you know, our discussions with ourselves they can be some of the most powerful things, right? The most powerfully positive things. However, it's the negative conversation. Sometimes the conversations that we have with ourselves can be detrimentally negative. And so, like, have you ever prepared yourself for like a job interview and you told yourself, there's no way I'm going to get this job? I know I have. I'm pretty sure a lot of you have, you know, you're gearing up for something and you psych yourself out by saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get this award. They're not going to pick me. I'm not going to get this job. I'm not qualified for this. We take ourselves out of the race even before, you know, you know, reaching the track. We do this all the time. Right. And so again, these negative things that we're telling ourselves can become self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not saying, you know, if you wake up and say, I'm not getting this job and you don't get the job, that's what caused it. It could have been something else. But at the end of the day, you know, we're predicting these negative things on us. And I truly believe in some cases it is self, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. 
Now, our thoughts influence how we behave, right? And our thoughts influence how we feel. We have to be careful of the negative self-talk. We have to be careful of that that overly critical self-analysis. You know, there has to be a way that we can silence this negative self, you know, self-talk, this inner this inner critic that we have inside of us there has to be a way to silence it sometimes because if we let it run amok we're going to essentially be walking around um feeling like we're not worthy feeling like we're not capable and you guys know again how you think about yourself sometimes translates to how you feel about yourselves. And then how you feel about yourselves translates to what you actually put out there, whether it be your work product or just, you know, your aura that might turn people off. So there's definitely a serious chain reaction with this, you know, self-criticism piece, right? Self-criticism also deters us from facing our fears. So a lot of us are afraid to try something new because we're already telling ourselves, well, we're not going to be able to accomplish this or we're not going to be able to do this or I don't know anything about this field, so I'm not going to apply to this job or I don't know anything about this particular um, group, so I'm not going to join it. And it's really our fear. We have these fears. We all have fears. But we're not able to face them if we keep having that I call it the evil Kermit because that's what I've been seeing in the memes lately. (laughs) The evil Kermit just telling us, whispering in our ear, you're not good enough, so don't try it. You're not capable enough, so don't even do it. You know what I mean? And it's this type of talk that prevents us from achieving greatness. I, I just said early on in the show that I feel like we are in the midst of a serious breakthrough where some of our lives are just going to change for the positive. But that can't happen if we are, if we have, if this inner, you know, critic is like just knocking things down and shutting things down, shutting, shutting down all the positive thoughts that, that want to like seep out, that want to marinate in us, you know? And so, I feel like there's a couple of things that, you know, we're going to be able to do to shut, to kind of silence that inner critic, right? And to help us develop a more positive vocabulary for ourselves, a vocabulary that will not allow us to self-destruct, right? A vocabulary that will allow us to counteract all of the negative thoughts, all of the negative statements that were made to us when we were children. I feel like we need a new vocabulary to kind of just reform our minds and reconstruct, kind of deconstruct the negativity um, that lies in us. So one of the ways that we can gear ourselves um, and put ourselves in positions to openly receive this overflow of blessing that I know that we are about to get in the year of 2019 is to, one, pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to your thoughts. I have a million thoughts that go through my mind every single I don't know, second or or minute. I don't know. My mind is always racing. And I find it so easy for me to say things like, 
man, I messed up. I'm so stupid. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not good enough. Or wow, how could I have been so irresponsible? How could I have been so aloof? Like, again, negative things. But if I sit here and I pay attention to the thoughts that I have, right? And I pay attention to the, the, the different things that I've been saying. I would realize that it's me. I am the one that is reinforcing these negative thoughts to myself because this negativity is like so deeply ingrained in my fabric, right? It's this vocabulary is such an everyday part of my life. I feel like if, if we were to just sit back, pay attention to how often in the span of a day, we say negative things to ourselves, I think we would be pretty shocked. We would be pretty shocked at how destructive we are to ourselves. So it's really important for us to really sit back and pay attention to our thoughts. The next thing I would say is check your receipts. Most of the time, the negative stuff that we're saying to ourselves aren't even true. Again, we make a mistake at work and then we tell ourselves that we are the worst employee ever. We tell ourselves that, you know, we're going to get fired. You know, nobody else makes these kinds of mistakes. And we are so down on ourselves, right? And so we need to check the receipts. We need to go back into the files and we need to sit there and say, and really like sit back and like make a list if you have to, of why you're valuable, why you're amazing, why you're great, why all of these negative things that you are saying to yourself have no place in the conversation, right? Really important for us to check the receipts and go back and just, you know, validate ourselves, go back and validate ourselves and just remind ourselves again of how great we are. The next thing I would probably say is to, you know, balance acceptance with self-improvement. There is a difference between telling yourself that you're not good enough and reminding yourself that you have things to work on. I think a lot of times when we think about criticism we see it as like a zero to some um, game, right? And we don't really, we don't really, I guess, put into perspective that you can still have flaws and be cognizant of your flaws, be aware of your flaws, and at the same time say things like, I need to improve. I need to do better. Saying things like, I need to do better, I need to improve are much different than saying, I can't do anything. I'm horrible. I will never be able to. <clears throat> I'm incapable and things of that nature. Very, very, very different. Okay. Very, very, very different. The next thing that I would say um, is to think about advice you'd give to a friend, right? So I know that this is definitely me and it might be some of you. But how many of you guys are like the world's best cheerleader and pep talk specialist when it comes to your friends? If your friend were to make a mistake at the job, if your friend were to have an issue, 
You are just like, listen, friend, you are amazing. You are a queen. Don't let that coworker get to you. Don't let that supervisor make you feel like you are less than, you know, you have, you make, you know, you do quality work. You know, you are amazing at what you do. You know, you are knowledgeable. You know, you are competent and you, you just keep going. Right. But when it comes to ourselves, where is the pep talk? Where is the self pep talk? Where is this, um, this cheerleader? It's like nowhere to be found. And I, and I'm saying this because I realized, and I actually came to this realization maybe a couple of days ago, I was giving somebody a pep talk and I was like, listen, girl, you know that you're great. I have seen your work. I know what you're capable of. I would have done told you if you suck, like, you know, you don't suck. Do not let these white people get to you because it, she's been having an issue with Caucasians at her job. It's actually become somewhat of a race situation that is being addressed, mind you. Um, but I had to let her know, like, you are a queen, like you are killing it. You are amazing. And it's like, you know, you're amazing. It's, there's not even like any room for her, for her to have said, you know what, maybe I'm not that great. Like she is somebody who is at the top of her game and she got there through merit, through hard work and all this stuff. So she knows that she is more than capable. However, again, when you're working in some of these office settings in the midst of some of these people and some of these personalities, they, they, they try to snatch your crown. And sometimes we allow them to snatch our crowns. I don't know why we make it so easy for them to do that, but Oftentimes, when we're in these situations at work, we allow these others to snatch our crowns right from our heads, and we cannot allow them to keep doing that, but that's another show. But with respect to this conversation, we are our friends' biggest pep talk coaches, career coaches, life coaches, but when it comes to ourselves, the first time we make a mistake, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And we are saying all sorts of things about ourselves. You know, we, we are incapable. We suck. I can't believe that I could have been so stupid. You know, maybe I'm not that great. Maybe, maybe I need, you know, maybe this is not the area for me. And then we start to like take ourselves out of the running for many things because we just start, you know, with the self doubt, with the negative talk. And we need to start being to ourselves what we are to our friends. And that is pep talk coach extraordinaire. Like I sit back and I think about the award-winning pep talks I give to friends. And I'm like, if I could even give myself one third of that talk, then I would, I would be like a totally different person right now. So we need to start engaging in pep talks for us, like positive pep talks for ourselves. We need to start thinking, hey, if this was Sally, if this was Jordan, if this was another one of our friends, what would we say to them? And then say that to you, say that to yourself. I would probably say the last thing that I would do, you know, in order to silence this inner critic of mine, right? Is to create a mantra. And I think we've talked about this on a past episode, but not so much in in this context. 
create a mantra. Instead of allowing yourself, so whenever you find yourself rather saying things like, um, I'm never going to get this promotion or I'm never going to land this deal. I'm never going to be able to be part of this elite organization or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Create a mantra to like counteract that. As you feel evil Kermit sitting on your shoulder, creeping up onto your shoulder and sliding up in your ear, you need to counteract that with this mantra And the thing with mantras, it's not something that you just say once, right? It's something that you have to say every day, several times a day. Like for me, my mantra is, Rita, you know you are stronger than you think you are. This too shall pass. And it's something that I have to tell myself several times a day. You are much stronger than you think you are. And sometimes... You know, with creating that mantra, you have to sit back and start thinking about the things that you've overcome in your life. Black women, I feel especially, have gone through a lot of stuff. Like, I'm amazed at some of the things that we have gone through as a people. And to see that we're still standing here today, still able and fully capable of doing amazing things and climbing heights, breaking ceilings, doing all of these things that we're doing now, I, I sometimes I have to sit back and I'm like, damn. And even for me, like, you know, I have friends who tell me, because sometimes, you know, I forget about all of the obstacles that I've gone through. And it's not that I've forgotten. I don't think, I mean, some of these things you could never forget. But again, the negative self-talk that self-criticism, that inner critic of mind, it's, it's like it sits, it's perched like at the tip of my ear, just waiting, waiting to move, you know, waiting to say something negative, waiting to remind me that, you know, I'm not great. And because I'm just so like, that's so much part of my vocabulary. You don't, you don't, you don't think about what you've gone through and how that, that situation has made you strong. Like you don't, you don't even consider it. Like, I don't even, I don't, I, I just don't. And it takes sometimes my friends reminding me, Rita, you have gone through so much stuff, stuff that would have killed someone else. And you are here doing amazing things, being, trying to at least be your best self, Whatever it is that's happening right now, it's going to pass. Whatever it is that's happening right now doesn't define who you are and what you're capable of. And it's like, that's right. It's true. Like I am, I am great because I've gone through so much and I've jumped over these obstacles. I have escaped traps that have been set for me. I have done what many thought that I could not do. Those are the things I feel like we need to sit back when we're creating our mantra. Sit back and and remember, really go back and remember where you came from. Remember everything that you've gone through. The good, the bad, the ugly. Remember it all. 
and use that as like the, I don't know, the motivation to tailor your mantra to yourself. Like my mantra might not be your mantra. It might not be. So you need to create your own because I think in until we really create our own mantra when we get in and we and it comes from the depths of our souls and of our hearts, it's not going to really be effective. Like I can say, you know, I see these memes and these positive quotes all the time and I post them as well too. But you know, it's just like, okay, you're, you know, repeat after me. I'm great. And after a while it's like, okay, yeah, I'm great. But do we really feel it? But I think if we come from a place of experience, if we come of a place of remembrance, if we tap back into that pain and then fast forward, and it's like, look at where we are now. From where you were then, look at where you are now. The challenges, the obstacles, the good, the bad, the ugly. I think when we look at that as a whole, that's what you need to create your mantra that when you say it, you believe it because it reminds you of where you came from and what you've been through. And so that I think will be the ultimate motivating factor. That'll be the ultimate cheerleading quote or whatever you want to call it that will get you through those times when evil Kermit and friends the haters, all of that, you know, all of that nonsense when, you know, when that's starting to seep in and causing you to believe and to feel like you're not valuable, that you're not good enough, that you're not going to get, you know, this promotion or you're not going to get this gig. You know, you can say, instead of saying, I'm not going to get this promotion, you could say, I'm going to do the best that I can to put myself in the running, right? Or to get myself ready, gear myself up to get this promotion. But I think that the mantra part is necessary. You have your mantra and you practice that along with saying, you know, I can't remember. I had a teacher who would say, you know, like instead of using the negative, use the positive. So kind of flip it. I'm not going to get this job. I am going to get this job. It sounds simple, but for some reason we don't do it. And we don't do it because we don't believe it. We don't believe it because our, the negative, you know, the negativity and the inner critic is is running amok in our minds, reminding us of, remember that one time you messed up? Remember that one time you did this and that's and therefore these are the reasons why you can't get this job or you're not going to get this job. So, I guess what I'm challenging you guys and myself to do Every morning, every lunch break, I don't know, however it is that you break up your day, create this mantra, say the mantra. If you need to look in a mirror while you're saying it, do what you need to do. Start to then speak positively about yourself. Start to then reverse the negatives and turn them into positive statements. So I'm not qualified for this position because I've never worked in this industry before. Switch that to, I am, I'm a qualified professional. I have skills that are transferable to any field. I will, I don't know, investigate. 
I will research this new position and see what tools that I currently have, how I can apply that to this particular position. And what I am not aware of, what I don't know, I will learn. I will seek mentors who will get me up to speed. Like sometimes we're so quick to just accept the fact that we're just, and I, and I raising my hand, although you guys can't see, I am the first one to be this way. Oh no, I'm not applying to this job because I don't have, you know, this, this vague three-year experience in this particular field or in this particular, or I don't have this certificate or I don't have this. I am the first one to just take myself out of the running when I see these requirements that I, you know, seemingly do not meet. And we can't be that way. Even if it says that you need a particular, I don't know, certificate or degree or whatever, apply anyway. Let them tell you that to your face after you've told them how great you are and you've demonstrated that you have transferable skills, right? So I say all that to say this. We're entering into a new season well, we are in spring, a <laughs> new season. We are entering this, I don't know, this, this new season of breakthrough. I feel, I feel it in my bones. We need to get our minds right or else we will not receive these blessings. We will not receive these gifts. We will not be ready when the outpour of blessings fall down on us because we will be so busy. We will be so wrapped up in this negative self-talk Our inner critic is going to be running amok because we haven't figured out how to silence it. We're going to be so caught up in that mess, in that self-doubt mess, that the blessing is just going to zoom right by us. The opportunities are going to just fly right by us. We're not even going to be cognizant. We're not even going to be aware when these opportunities are literally in our face and under our noses because we are so busy thinking and feeling the negative critic that's living inside of us. And so with that being said, everyone, I hope you guys were able to get something out of today's episode. As always, please, please, please subscribe, like, and share Frida's World Podcast. We are available on all of your favorite platforms, all the platforms where you get your podcasts, we are available on those platforms. And if you have any questions, concerns, if you want to be a guest on the show, send us an email at fridasworld at gmail.com. F-R-E-E-D-A-S world at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram. You could follow us at fridasworld, F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world. Or at our parent, um, I, I keep saying parent organization. I'll find a better term for it. But for Frida Women NYC, which is what powers Frida's world. So definitely check us out on those platforms. And with that being said, guys, have a great week. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world.